Okay, good morning. I've got a question first. Don't panic. I'm not going to make you talk to the person next to you about it. I did think about that, but I'm not going to do that because we've already pushed you out of your comfort zone with the chairs. So pop your hand up if you have ever been sent somewhere on someone's behalf, been sent as a representative of someone. Pop your hand up. Why aren't all of our hands up? We've, if we've said yes to following Jesus, then we have all been sent on his behalf as his representative. And that's what we're going to be thinking about this morning. So, an ambassador, because that's what we are when we're sent on Jesus' behalf. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a state as its representative to a foreign country. Or, probably as we're more aware of them, we hear more about ambassadors through social media um, and sort of in news and sport and things where we have representatives of organisations such as Sir Andy Murray is ambassador for UNICEF UK and there's also brand ambassadors and Stacey Solomon, good old Essex girl, is brand ambassador for Primark. So just thinking more about the ambassadors that get sent to other countries, those ambassadors are high-ranking diplomatic officials. They drive around in big cars with flags, don't they? And they have special rights, such as protection from prosecution. So they're sent from one political power to another. And they're sent to build friendship, goodwill, and develop working relationships. Their mission, basically, is to represent the interests and policies of the country that sent them. A few years ago, the British ambassador to Cuba was Tim Cole, and he described his job as, my job is to tell them about the UK, what we stand for, what we believe in, and what makes the UK special. In New Testament times, Rome didn't send out ambassadors. They established their authority by sending out armies to conquer and rule over the neighboring nations. Other countries would send ambassadors to Rome from countries as far away as places like India, and the Roman Empire would claim that they'd been sent to them to plead for mercy and peaceful relationships. So the all-powerful Roman Empire didn't send out ambassadors but the all-powerful creator of the universe, our all-powerful God, does send out ambassadors. The king of a far greater kingdom than any kingdom on earth chooses to send out ambassadors of Christ on his behalf. And as I've already said, if we are followers of Jesus, that's you and me. So if we go back to Tim Cole's description of his job and we take out UK, and we replace it with Jesus, that describes perfectly the mission that we have when we are sent out on Christ's behalf. So my job is to tell them about Jesus, what we stand for, what we believe in, and what makes Jesus special. And so this morning, we're just gonna think very, very briefly about our motivation, the why we do it, our methods, the how we do it, and our message, what it is that we are sent out to, to, um, to share. So starting with our motivation, 
we find three motivations for being Christ's ambassadors in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And that's our reading for this morning. So we're just going to read 2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 to 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we, were once, re though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You might want to keep that open because we're going to be exploring that. So we find our first motivation in verse 14, where it says, for Christ's love compels us. Jesus, when he was on earth, he wept over Jerusalem. It was a city which he loved, but he knew that it was a lost city with a lost people. Jesus didn't just weep for Jerusalem. He weeps for the whole earth, for all who are lost. And as we connect with Jesus' heart for the lost, his heart for the poor, the hungry, the sick, and the lonely, we are compelled to go as his ambassadors into the world as his representatives. This is what motivates people to go halfway around the world. We've got people from our own church family who have been motivated by Jesus' heart to go and be his representative around the world. But it's also what motivates us, or to use Paul's word, compels us to go two steps across our office to a colleague, to walk over to the other side of the school playground, to go a couple of steps across our road, to our neighbours. A few weeks ago, this is um, Gordon Curley um, used a phrase which is connected with many of us. I think we've used it most weeks since. Um, Gordon talked about thinking globally and acting locally. And this fits perfectly with our commission as ambassadors of Christ in the everyday context where God has placed us. God is at work all around the world, and that includes our small corner. Jesus loves the whole world. He loves everyone in it, from the north to the south, to the east to the west. 
and he sends us as our representatives. And for most of us, we are gonna be sent to our very local, the places we go each and every day. Back in 2019, um, I was preparing to lead what became our last team mission trip out to Greece to help Peter Hope. And I was walking home through the park, um, preparing for that time, and I found myself praying the words of a Tim Hughes worship, no, it's not Tim Hughes, it's Hillsong worship song. The words were, show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. Now, I was praying that for the time that was coming up in Greece. Little did I know that that prayer was the beginning of my heart starting to connect with Jesus' heart for this community, for my heart starting to break for this community, for those in need, those who are lost right here on our doorstep. And it was from this prayer that Waypoint Hub was born. I'll tell you more about that on the 19th at the Vision Evening. Um, just out of that real desire to start loving and serving and building relationships with our community. But it was also, um, and again, I had no idea at the time, um, what prompted me to open the sort of to go along the journey of starting my master's degree in missional leadership. And that has really stretched and challenged me. And it's great to have had these opportunities to have been able to share with you some of what God's been showing me through that. And it's really changed my thinking and my practice as I join God in his mission right outside these four walls. So coming back to when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, he knew the future judgment that would be coming. And as Jesus' followers, we understand that too. We know what's at stake. We know that one day Jesus is going to come again. We don't know when it's going to be, but we know with certainty that that is going to happen. And as ambassadors of Christ, it's our role to help other people understand that too. We are to use another of Paul's words in verse 14, convinced that Jesus died for us all and that he rose again. We know and understand that that seals our future for eternity. And that's a life-changing truth that we have. And as Paul says, um, we are called to persuade others to understand and believe it too. We have no idea what life has before us. Jim has given away a little bit of my, my thunder. Those of you in the north have no idea. Um, I do parkrun every Saturday morning, and most Saturdays afterwards, my friend and I go for a swim in the sea. Um, which we, we did as normal yesterday. There were other people swimming in the sea, so the weather was looking a little bit dodgy, but it was only just starting to rain, so we thought, oh, we'll be fine. So off we went into the sea, started swimming, and my friend suddenly looked at me and she said, Claire, your hair is standing on end. I looked at her. Her hair was standing on end at two. We kind of thought this isn't right and sort of ran out of the sea um, back onto the beach um, and got to the car as quickly as possible. When we got to the car, my friend Googled what this meant. First warning is, don't take photos. Get to safety as soon as possible. Of course, there we were, taking photos. Um, because apparently, this means that a lightning strike is imminent, that you are at risk of being hit by lightning and you should crouch down. I know that now. But why am I telling you that? Partly because um, the friend that I was with is a not yet Christian. 
yesterday could have gone very differently to what it did today. I am trying with this friend to take every opportunity I have to share my faith with her. And it was just that little reminder yesterday of actually we don't know how long we have, any of us. Um, so that's a motivation to, to really share with other people, to represent Christ in all we say and all we do. So our third motivation is found in verse 16, where Paul encourages us to no longer view people from a worldly point of view, but through God's eyes. We need to reject our worldly sinful views. We are all created in the image of God, but we are all sinners. We are all broken and we have fallen short. But when we put on God's corrective lenses and view people through his eyes, we see the potential of who they can become. We have become a new creation, forgiven, restored, and redeemed. And we have that message to share with others. Everyone needs what Jesus has to offer, no more so than in the world we're in at the moment. And as his ambassadors, we carry the message of how they can reach that full, full potential, be reconciled to him, and become his sons and daughters. So, is your heart connected with Jesus' heart for the lost? Do you view people through the world's eyes or through God's corrective lenses? So having thought about our motivation, let's move on to think about our method, the how we represent Jesus as his ambassadors. So when ambassadors are sent to other countries, they're there to communicate their ruler's love in more ways than just saying it. They often take special gifts with them. They know that words alone don't cut it. Love needs to be seen to be believed. And it's the same for us as Christ's ambassadors. Throughout church history, there have been divided views over the place of gospel demonstration and gospel proclamation. There has been much debate throughout church history over using words, deeds, words and deeds as a way to communicate Jesus' love to the world. In today's postmodern culture, increasingly love needs to be seen to be believed. And that's where authenticity, our actions backing up our words and vice versa is so important. And not just on say one particular day, it needs to be every day. Ambassadors are on duty 24-7. So for us, the gospel message needs to flow throughout our whole life as we live, eat, and breathe the gospel. It needs to naturally flow out of all that we say and do. Tim Keller said, the gospel is not just the ABCs, but the A to Z of the Christian life. We often think of the goal of the gospel, of sharing the gospel message, is getting somebody to, this shows my age, to play that, pray that ABC prayer, the admit, believe, and confess, and that that's the end of it. But that isn't the end of it. That's just the beginning of the rest of the life. And that's where the rest of our life needs to demonstrate and proclaim the gospel message. So by serving others, 
by coming alongside people, that helps us to engage with our culture. We've seen this through the hub as it meets the needs of our local community. As we feed the hungry, we come alongside the poor and the lonely. We are now connecting in ways we'd never thought possible with our community, reaching so many people in need. And for us, it's the practical service, it's the practical action of feeding the hungry, coming alongside the poor, that is the bridge over which we can build relationships. And it's from that position of relationship that we can then, as team, share our own faith journey. We can talk about the gospel message. We can pray with and for other people. One family has recently said, thank you to all for being such a huge part of our lives. The support and care we have been lucky to receive has made the biggest impact in our journey as a family so far. And we are so very grateful to you all. So yes, we need to show Jesus' love through our actions. But that's not enough. We also need to use our words to explain the gospel as well. For many of us, when we think back on our own personal journeys, we're going to have had those demonstrations. We'll have seen Jesus' love in action in addition to the words that we will have heard. Much fewer people will just hear the message in an event and respond. Some do, but for most of us, it's, it's that both the actions and the words. So coming back to our passage, in verse 20, Paul says the role of the ambassador is to appeal to and implore people. Words aren't just an optional extra. They are essential. And with so few people now knowing who Jesus is, they need us to tell them who he is, what he's like, what he's done. Paul takes this even further in his letter to the Romans where he says, and how can you believe if the one of whom, sorry, and how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Love alone isn't enough to convince people of the gospel. We need to explain to them that Jesus died so that their sins can be forgiven so that they can be restored, renewed, and reconciled with God. Paul then writes, and this is the well-known verse, we are, um, we are Christ's ambassadors as though God is making his appeal through us. As I've been pondering over this familiar verse, the um, we are Christ's ambassadors is the well-known bit, but then it's that next bit, as though we are, as though God is making his appeal through us. As I've been pondering that over the last few weeks, it's blown my mind. It's scary, but it's exciting. It's a massive responsibility, but it's also a huge privilege. I'm like, how can imperfect, broken little me make an appeal, a life-changing appeal on God's behalf? But that's what we're called to do. So an appeal is a heartfelt request, which can be made to strangers, but is much more successful when it's made out of relationship. 
few years ago, I did two marathons, both of which were fundraising. And the appeals that for money, for sponsorship, that I made to people I knew, to friends and family, were way more access successful than the posts I just randomly put out on Facebook. Because it's out of that relationship that people respond. In today's culture, I think we often forget or underestimate what it is that we're up against. There are so many alternative messages out there. There's a growing ignorance, as we've already said, around Christianity and who Jesus is. And we aren't sent in a position of power. We are sent to love, serve, and build relationships with people. And it's from that position that we can share the message. We often forget to get in the game first by building relationships, by spending time to get to know people. And we need to get out of our Christian bubble and into the normal world where most people are, where most lost people are. We need to do more than occasionally inviting people to come into our bubble, because most people think that our bubble isn't for them. So when people see you, look at your behavior, listen to your words, are you representing Jesus well? Does what they hear you say match what they see you doing? Do you need to make more opportunities to befriend not yet Christians? So what is the message that we as ambassadors are asked to deliver? Because ambassadors exist to deliver a message. And Paul says, our message is from God who gave us the ministry of reconciliation and has committed the message to us. That's in verses 18 to 19. Our message is really simple. Our message is good news. It's a message of reconciliation, which comes from repentance and through Jesus' death and resurrection. God made Jesus, who was perfect and without sin, to take on all of our sin so that we can be free from our sin and reconciled with God to have a relationship with him. So we, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, have received that message for ourselves. We have been reconciled with God. We have become new creations. We've encountered God and been made new. We have become a citizen of heaven. And it's out of that place that we are sent to take that same message out to the world, to go as a living example of Jesus' love for humanity. God has entrusted us with that same message that changed our lives so that we can change the lives of others. So when an ambassador is sent to another country, they are given security staff as we've already said, they have that diplomatic immunity to protect them against prosecution. And as ambassadors of Christ, God sends us out with his protection. So we don't need to be afraid. We aren't sent in our own strength. We have the Holy Spirit to enable us to live as representatives of the kingdom of God wherever we go. And a church is a bit like an embassy from which God's people are dispersed out into his kingdom. So an ambassador communicates the message that they've been given. They don't communicate the message they'd like to give. 
And this means that sometimes there will be a clash between the ambassador's message and the views of the host country. We've seen um, a bit of an example this week, if you've um, only caught up on this um, yesterday, but we've seen um, some of the senior leaders within the Church of England now questioning whether it's right that we start the Lord's Prayer with our Father. God's message is that he is our Father. So God has defined the message that we are called to give, and we aren't free to tweak or change it to what we would prefer it to say or what we think our listener wants to hear. We know that the gospel is disruptive and therefore are often a little bit cautious. We might worry about offending or upsetting, that maybe that will push people away or, or turn them away. But we are sent to speak with the authority of the one who sent us. It's his message that is going to change lives, not our version of it. So what message are you communicating about God each day? Do you get distracted or tempted to change the message to what you think people want to hear? Being an ambassador of Christ means doing for him what he has already done for us. Jesus lived his life giving his life for us, and we can give our lives for him. Jesus represented us on the cross and asks us, will we now represent him? Can I ask the band to come up just as I close? So as ambassadors, we are appointed by the King of Kings to represent and embody his kingdom here on earth. We are equipped and empowered for our assignment. We are protected by God, and our mission is to influence the earth for his kingdom rule and reign. God is ready to use us as his ambassadors to make his appeal through us to those around us. The question is, are we ready to be used? Are we ready to accept his call to mission? Ready to respond with, here I am, Lord, send me. As we pray, if you want to say, here I am, Lord, send me, you might like to just hold your hands out or you might like to stand just as an outward sign of saying, yes, God, here I am, send me. Let's pray. Thank you that through Jesus' death and resurrection, I can be forgiven and reconciled with you. Thank you for choosing me and making me one of your ambassadors here on earth. Keep me focused on your will in every relationship so that I can re represent you well. I'm sorry for the times when I haven't been a good representative. Thank you for the message of good news that you have given me to share with others. I'm sorry for the times when I change it to what I think people want to hear to avoid offending or upsetting them. Give me the courage and boldness to only speak your truth. Holy Spirit, come and empower me to accomplish what you have assigned me to do for your glory. 
Let my words and actions reach those who need to hear about you so that they too can be reconciled with you. Help me to stay on mission, honoring your purpose for my life. It is a privilege to be your ambassador. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. We're going to continue to respond to God as we worship. If you would like someone to stand alongside you in prayer, maybe in response to that call to ambassadorship or anything else, come down to the front, go over to the prayer team or ask the person next to you to pray with you.